Hi everyone, it's your host Katie, and this is Tea on the Rocks. Happy Friday, or whatever day it is when you find yourself with my voice in your ears. Here at Tea on the Rocks, we discuss everything from navigating career changes to friendship breakups with a healthy dose of the fun, the feminine, and the basic. Follow me on Instagram at T-O-T-R underscore podcast. Hello, hello everyone. We're back with another episode of season two. Um, I want to preface this by saying that I just spent 15 to 20 minutes recording this episode and did not have my mic set up. And this is just really in theme with the week. Um, this week has been crazy. I feel like anytime you try to do something, there's like three obstacles that get in the way. And it's like totally dumb stuff too, like avoidable stuff. Like you want to move too fast and you just, it's like you're hitting the gas and the brakes at the same time. I heard that on TikTok. Like, honestly, like, uh, so frustrating, but that's okay. We're here. We're trying it again. So I want to discuss a couple things in this episode, um, do a couple chit chat segments, but I want to do my career journey. I don't know. I've talked about my career a couple times before, and I even went through my past episodes to see if I've really covered it in depth. And I do not believe that I have. Um, so I want to discuss like how I got started, what the journey has been like, um, my clients, Uh, not necessarily who they are, but like how I, how I get clients and retaining them and just ensuring that everything is good. So first we'll start with some things that I'm loving lately. And if you're a repeat listener, you'll know that these are things that I just am loving for the sake of it. Maybe it speaks to my inner teen or my inner child a little bit, which I think that you should always honor. I think even if your childhood was great, I think it's always important to to honor those past phases of yourself and uh, make sure that they feel safe, right? So first thing is those old 2000s chick flicks. Uh, I'm talking like, you know, a Cinderella story with Hilary Duff, A Walk to Remember. Oh, what a good movie. We all wanted to be her, right? Except for the cancer thing. And The Princess Diaries, the sequel as well. Um, I love the sequel. I think there's really something about it. I don't know that Anne Hathaway, I think she, she had, I feel, maybe not a bit of trouble, but I think she was trying to portray Mia as older, you know, she's getting ready to be queen, but also trying to reconcile it with the Mia that we fell in love with in the first movie. And I do think that led to maybe some awkward takes, uh, just awkwardly delivered lines. Maybe that's just Anne Hathaway, I don't know. Still think she's great, great movie. Just a couple moments there where I was like, huh. Um, But on the topic of a walk to remember, I think there was like an interview that came out maybe last year where Shane West and uh, I think his name is Shane West. Maybe I'm confusing his 
uh, movie name with his last name. Anyway, we're just going to call him Shane West. It's cool. Uh, and Mandy Moore actually had like a bit of a crush on each other during the time of filming. And like that film to me was like iconic. Like aside from the whole like leukemia thing, I think we all wanted to be her. You know, we all wanted to bring the bad boy over to the good side, right? Um, you know, you had the biblical themes, you had the mean kids, you had her, um, him and her just kind of doing this whole enemies to lovers thing. And it was just like so good. <laughs> I don't know. Like it was just a great film. I still watch it from time to time, you know. I think lately my main focus is the inner teen lately and just making sure that that part of myself feels good. And I think the the chick flicks are really speaking to her. <laughs> I've been loving trip planning lately. Ryan and I, my friend Ryan, we've planned a trip to Quebec City. Actually next week on Saturday, the 16th, we'll be heading out. Uh, we got a rental car and uh, for no other reason than we needed the extra space and our cars are a little bit older. So it's like, they're fine for bopping around town, but maybe not for like a six hour drive. And our Airbnb is just, you know, it's about what you would expect for an Airbnb in Quebec City. It's very like chic, early 2000s Celine Dion. I think there is a vibe to it. I think there's a place for it to be sure. Also, last thing I'm loving, Caesars in the morning, only in the morning. They do not hit right past 12 p.m. And that kind of leads me into a couple hangover cures that I've been enjoying lately. Uh, not that I'm like constantly hungover, but when I am hungover, I feel like I really want to take care of myself and like feel better as soon as possible. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I was inspired by Tinks, um, that influencer. She's in her early thirties. I find her very relatable for the most part. And she had an episode on her podcast recently about hangover cures. And yeah, I just really enjoyed it. So the first one is Hair of the Dog. And I know we all say that, like Hair of the Dog, Caesar, Bloody Mary, whatever. I do think that there's something to it. Um, without getting too scientific, and I'm not a doctor, this is not medical advice. I also am not a scientist, and there's a good chance that a part of this is wrong. But... From my understanding, when you drink, you are poisoning yourself, um, <laughs> like facts. And the liver focuses a lot of attention on trying to process this poison, right? So basically, your liver, during the 12 hours that you like drink, go to sleep and wake up, your liver is working extra hard to get rid of this for you. So in the process, um, not only do you feel like crappy and dehydrated, but I think what a byproduct of, of when the liquor is processed in the liver is um, free radicals, I think. So basically, I think these free radicals in conjunction with being dehydrated make you feel like crap, right? And this process is basically gonna continue until the liquor is completely out of your system. So essentially you can pause that and sort of have a reset. So 
It's not to say that the liver doesn't still need to do its job. You can kind of make it a little more bearable. So that's where the concept of Bloody Marys and Caesars come in. That, you know, they're full of salts, right? To replenish those or some of those lost electrolytes. And they have, of course, liquor in them. So when you have that small amount of alcohol, it actually kind of pauses that kind of free radical crazy processing procedure that the liver is experiencing Um, it allows you to feel well enough to eat um, puts you to sleep so you can get that much needed REM sleep so you can like actually recover from the night before (laughs) again not a scientist probably some of that was wrong but there is something there you can look it up google will tell you so essentially the rest of my hangover cures are as follows a hot bath with epsom salts epsom salts are key um, so you can kind of sweat the icky stuff out uh, feel fresh and clean a nice hot girl walk with your podcast of choice tea on the rocks a turmeric smoothie to help with inflammation and to get a little something to eat if you don't feel like chewing (laughs) and if you do feel like chewing a sturdy brunch so there you have it those are my hangover choices i also like to use um eye mass um, to get rid of some puffiness and also just icing my face um which kind of functions as sort of like a lymphatic drainage slash gua sha so basically i just get a an ice cube you know regular old joe blow ice cube from the freezer and get a face cloth and it's just so i can hold the, the ice cube without pain <laughs> and so to just to avoid it dripping all down my arm and i will just go over my face all over my face kind of like massage it a little bit Uh, i find it helps to wet your face first so it's not such a shock right because you have the extreme cold and you have you know it's wet so that helps with um, swelling inflammation which are the same thing um redness puffiness and generally just like refresh you a little bit um some say it helps with acne i don't really see a difference but everybody's different so now i really just want to segue into my career journey i want to discuss the the process in a nutshell of kind of 2020 to now i want to give a couple tips and tricks about how to get started um, if if that's what you're you're looking into so i'll just get right into it i was laid off from my old job in March of 2020, like many other people. This is not some kind of surprise. I was absolutely not essential at my old job. I used to work at a huge hotel in my town in Fredericton in this weird kind of like hybrid role. I was under the front desk team, but I was not on the front desk. I basically did the switchboard. I helped in group housing, which is basically just building blocks, group blocks in the back end, Uh, signing rooms, making sure that things were blocked off correctly, Um, systems were closed, uh, making kind of VIP reservations, uh, and generally just like supporting the front desk in that way, 
so they could focus on their job. I always kind of felt like a bit out of place there. Just kind of like a square fitting into a circle. Like, you know, when you just try and force something and it's not working. I was up for a promotion at one point and uh, did not really go all that well. But I think that the universe or whoever kind of did me a favor there because I do not think that I would have enjoyed the role I don't think I was right for the role. I think you can interview as well as anybody. But if you're not right for it, the vibe's not there, then what can you do? I always felt like I was kind of railing against the grain a bit. Uh, I was chomping at the bit to do more, be more, uh, really sink my teeth into a role. I love hospitality. And I am actually working on a pretty cool new project now that is hospitality related. So that's awesome and great that it's come full circle like that. But I, I, like I said, I really do think that if no stands for next opportunity. And I really do think that there's a higher power out there that it's sort of cognizant in some way of what's right for you and what's not. And if you don't get something that you really want or a promotion that you're up for or whatever, it can feel really awful in the moment but i really think there's a reason for everything like you'll you'll get the answer as to why more than likely a little later on you'll you'll realize that it wasn't right for you or that you weren't in the right point in your life um or that there was more for you than just that role right so i don't think i would have ever gotten into freelancing had i left my old job too And that's a scary thought. Um, This work allows me to really just kind of be myself. Um, I can work as hard as I want. And that's awesome for those days where the motivation and energy is flowing. Often I'm not really waiting on my team members. Like I do work as part of a couple of teams, but you know, my my work is is pretty cut and dry uh, for the most part. And I don't really have to wait for you know, Sally to, to get me a report or whatever, or something that I need tangibly to do my job. So it's really great to be able to work independently, but also like check in. This is also great for those days where I feel like a sack of moldy potatoes. This is not to say that I don't work. If I feel gross, I usually just kind of modify things, get really comfortable, use the bed office, whatever. It's not like, I think a lot of people talk about freelancing as this insane freedom. And yes, like physically, you don't have to go into an office. You can work literally wherever you want. You can travel, but you still go to work. And I don't believe in that saying, if if you love what you do, you'll never work a day in your life. There's absolutely many days where I feel like I'm working, but I still love it, right? So I digress, let's continue. I got started and I don't know what inspired me to get started on this, to be honest with you. I think I saw like an ad for a copywriting course or something, but like, I couldn't tell you what it was. I never did take a course, but I think it sort of just like sparked this really insatiable curiosity of as to what copywriting is. Did a lot of research. I used John's computer until I got my own. I got started on the freelance platform called Upwork and Upwork is a bit of a race to the bottom in terms of fees, and you can encounter some pretty skinty clients on there. 
but I will always be grateful because it gave me the chance to build a portfolio, to learn how to interact with clients. Um, it also kind of protects you. Like if you, if someone engages in work with you, the money is protected. Um, like a client just can't really run off without paying. Most projects on Upwork, you kind of the client kind of prepays, and then when the client approves it, then it's released to you and you can deposit it into your bank account. Um, so it, it really does have its advantages for a newer freelancer who's just kind of learning the ropes and doesn't really have the bandwidth or time to deal with the extra admin stuff like contracts and proposals and chasing payments and whatnot. Um, luckily, I don't really ever have to ch chase payments with my current clients. Um, everybody's really great, pays on time. There's never a discussion about it. Now, as far as Upwork goes, I still keep my account active, but I barely use it. I started receiving referrals through LinkedIn. Very few, mind you. Like, I only... I, my LinkedIn profile is not as optimized as it could be. LinkedIn kind of functions as a search engine, too. So you really have to, like, sort of apply those SEO best practices to LinkedIn to ensure that you're found if people are looking. Basically... The bulk of my work from LinkedIn came from applying to a few postings, some private, some agency. Agencies are absolutely awesome. Uh, if you find a few golden eggs, I think it's a pretty polarizing topic in the freelance community. But I think that if you find a great golden egg kind of agency, um, you really vibe with the individuals that work there. You know, they pay you a fair market rate and, you know, be sure to do your research, but uh, on what fair market rates are, but really like it can be awesome. And I think I've mentioned this previously, like agencies can take out a lot of that uncertainty over finding clients. It's definitely a skill and it's something that I'm still developing myself, to be honest. But not even just that, it's it's kind of nice to, to be able to work with a team too and have people that you kind of check in with and and you know have a rapport with as well. Like it it's sort of it, and working for an agency as a freelancer almost gives you that kind of hybrid employee experience. Even if you have no employee ties to them, you, you're just able to connect with people. In any case. I'm a copywriter for one agency and a project manager for another, which is a very interesting role that I sort of like fell into. It adds variety to my day. And I love learning more about the bigger digital marketing picture. Basically with the project management position, I think that I had sent a cold pitch to see, which is another great way for finding clients. It's very time consuming, but it is great for agency and private clients. Cold pitching, um, if you have a great pitch, um, it can be very, very fruitful. So basically, I sent a cold pitch, you know, to his agency to see if he had any overflow work. He thought I was applying to the project manager role that I had no idea existed. We got to talking it kind of worked out. I do a bit of copywriting for him, but mostly project management, which allows me to really have that variety in my day, keeps me fresh. And like I said, it's an absolutely great learning opportunity, phenomenal. So 
I'm still a generalist in terms of niche. There's a lot of people that say that you have to niche down. And I do think that's true to an extent. Um, but not necessarily with the industry. I don't think, I think you should find a couple of things that you're good at. Like for me, I, I like to write a lot of B2C blogs and articles. I really enjoy writing site copy, really getting that messaging right, and really putting your, uh, your uh, shoes or yourself in the shoes of, of the target consumer. Um, I've been learning a lot more about web development and SEO. And I think it's good to have sort of like, to offer yourself as sort of like a package deal in some cases, it, especially when it comes to copywriting and SEO or content writing and SEO. And like really in, and some may disagree, but I do think that good um, well thought out and intentional SEO cannot exist without copy. There's a lot of technical and offline SEO stuff that happens, but the thing is, content exists, like blog content, website copy, whatever, exists to drive traffic, to build yourself as a, an authority, to increase your, your rankings. And it's hard to do that if people aren't searching for those terms that you specialize in, right? Like lawyer in Fredericton. If you search that right now, there's a ton that comes up. And that's because the, most of those pages, if they're not ads, are Google considers to be well optimized for that word. And those pages probably get a lot of business. It's a lot more complicated than that. That's like kind of the main uh, layman's definition of SEO. So, you know, I got my referrals through LinkedIn. I did a little bit of cold pitching. I applied for a couple of postings. And this has led to a few more referrals, nothing crazy. So I'm kept pretty busy right now. But that was really what catapulted me. Um, was Upwork and then learning more from there. Uh, learning, I, I joined a bunch of Facebook uh, writer communities, um, signed up for a couple of educational newsletters that also send job postings. Um, I listened to a lot of podcasts on content writing, copywriting, SEO, digital marketing, because, you know, it's such a constantly evolving industry, like not like insanely so, but pretty yeah, like more than others. So that was how I kind of got started in a very rambling nutshell. I do have a script, but I did go off of it a little bit. I like, I'm not an expert. I do not have a journalistic background. I do not have a writing background. I'm constantly learning, constantly growing, always correcting myself. I think I do good work. I think I do great work. The imposter syndrome really does still, still bite me in the ass sometimes. If someone were to ask me for advice on how to get started, I'd say it's so different for every contractor. But one piece of advice is to build up a portfolio. You gotta have something to pitch. You, you have to provide a unique value proposition, like what differentiates you? How does your voice sound when you put it on, on paper or in a document, so to speak? I wrote a few sample articles to use in my initial Upwork pitches. You basically bid for jobs and you can include a little pitch and include your samples. Uh, they were terrible. <laughs> they were really bad. You know, I, I didn't know how a blog was supposed to be structured. I didn't understand messaging. I didn't understand uh, consumer intent and all that stuff. But 
doing that show those first few clients that I was willing to try. Well, I still don't think that Upwork is a wonderful platform for long term, but you you can find some really genuine and kind people out there who are willing to give you a chance. Now, granted, they get a good part of the deal because they don't pay you that much. And, you know, if you get the writing to, let's say, 60, 70%, they can just take it and edit the rest of it, right? They're paying for it. So still, I was still given a chance. Whether or not they benefited, I still benefited. And I was able to build a portfolio. It's, and it also, like I said before, Upwork gives you experience working with clients, figuring out what your favorite industries to write about are. Also, like I said before, you'll you'll kind of determine what you like to write. Um, like, do you like to write white papers? Do you like to write product descriptions? Do you like to write blogs? Do you like to write emails? Do you like to write website copy? Like, I really specialize right now in blogs and website copy, as I said before, but the, the sky's the limit. You can absolutely upskill and it just really introduces you to that world in a gentle way. I also wanted to discuss kind of like the freelancer versus consultant thing. I'm seeing a lot of that in my industry. People are kind of moving away from freelancing as a term and prefer the term business owner, consultant or contractor. Honestly, it's mostly just words, but I do feel like there's something there, kind of like a mindset shift. I feel like some people maybe think freelancer is kind of synonymous with flaky. I don't necessarily feel that, but I do think that, you know, consultant or contractor or writing consultant or some kind of bastardized form of those words does give you a sense of, okay, like this is what I'm offering. This is my business. This is my skill set. Also, another kind of byproduct of doing this is that I find it hard to separate um, my work and home life or my work and rest life. I have a hard time resting. I have a hard time not thinking about work. I have a hard time not planning and strategizing and prospecting and, you know, making sure that I'm kind of the best that I can be, you know, at the point that I'm in. But I'm really trying to lean into my natural work schedule and resting when I need to rest, when I sense that kind of burnout feeling coming. So my natural work schedule is usually spurts of a couple of hours uh, in the morning and the evening. I never work in the afternoons. I hate it. That's my time to do errands or sit like a potato and scroll TikTok. Um, I used to feel guilty and I honestly still do. But I think that if you don't give yourself those moments of rest, your body will force you to rest. So one way or another, it will. And I'm just trying to embrace it and appreciate that At this time, I work a very flexible schedule and in order to do my best work, I've got to lean into it. That brings us to, oh my goodness, we're at a half an hour right now. Might cut it a little bit, might not. I know this was kind of a big ramble, but the key takeaway here is started on Upwork, LinkedIn, did a little cold pitching, applied to a couple jobs, built up the portfolio. That's the key is building up the portfolio and establishing an online presence, even if it's just on Upwork to start. 
that really catapulted me and it taught me a lot. Also, listening to resources like um, podcasts like uh, The Copy Corner, the Content Bite, um, The Freelancer Survival Guide, a bunch of others. So I'm going to leave it there for now. I'll try not to. I really was trying to, to get in and record early this week, but like I said, it's been kind of crazy, but that's okay. I'm hoping to have this out by Friday night or Saturday morning. And with that, thank you so much for listening, and I'll see you next time on Tea on the Rocks. Bye.